Well, in all your years of, uh, thanks Richard, coming to church on Christmas morning, have you ever had a preacher wearing a mask? Probably never uh, been online for Christmas morning either. I won't do that for the entire sermon. A lot has changed in 2020. And you can add that to the list. The preacher wearing a mask. But some things haven't changed. It's what we uh, have been preaching through, a series called Some Things Haven't Changed in December, S-T-H-C. A lot has changed, but some things haven't changed. It's been a legitimately extraordinary year, starting with the bushfires. Uh, What a different summer we're experiencing now in uh, Australia. And then we've experienced this pandemic. Life will maybe never be the same Again, yet some things haven't changed, like the Christmas story. It still inspires faith, demonstrates love, fuels hope, instills peace, and produces joy. Five things that every human being needs in their life. Faith, hope, love, peace, joy. I'm looking around the room here to real people. There's the band and a few people that are a part of the service. So I want you to know I'm not just looking at a blank, <laughs> a blank room. I started watching recently a, um, at the recommendation of my daughter and her husband, uh, an SBS On Demand series called Alone. Anybody uh, watching this? Just our family. That's typical. Um, it's addictive, just in case, or just a little warning. Uh, alone is addictive. It's, uh, it's set in British Columbia. This particular, the first season, was on Vancouver Island. And uh, our family loves Survivor, so this was just right in line with us, reality TV show about survival. But in this one, it's real. They take 10 people, this is 10 men, and they take them out, they give them a, like a knife and an axe and a tarp and a flint and a sleeping bag, and that's about all, and they have to survive. And uh, they get $500,000 if they're the longest one surviving. It's called a loan. And it's a a challenging uh, uh, show to go on because there are no uh, cameramen nearby. There are no producers. You film it all yourself. So it's like the Blair Witch Project as a reality TV show. Um, so these people, they, they get stripped of everything and all they need really is shelter, food, fire and water. And in that process of being stripped back, they find clarity. There's this wonderful, um, in, intense clarity about what matters to them in their lives. When you, when you have time, lots of it, to stop and think and just to be people tend to work out what really matters in life. And that's what crisis does to us. Crisis brings to the surface what really matters. So at the end of a year that has given us the worst pandemic in over 100 years, what really matters? What hasn't changed? What matters for your life? I would suggest to you that the timeless Christmas narrative gives us some clues. And we're in Luke chapter 2. Meredith read for us the lead up 
to, to this from Matthew's perspective. We're in Luke chapter 2 and we're going to see that um, we still need faith, love, hope, peace and joy. And we ultimately find these in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So let me read from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Does it feel better? The Christmas narrative, some things haven't changed. Just, it feels good. It begins exactly the same way. There was a census and Joseph and Mary travelled the 100 kilometres from Nazareth in the north to Bethlehem near Jerusalem. The census happened under the decree of Augustus and Quirinius was governor of Syria, which means it's probably a couple of years BC. But that's okay. What you can easily take for granted in the Christmas narrative is how matter-of-fact And historical, that text is. It's written by Luke, who was a doctor. And he wrote this gospel for a specific reason, to win over, with a clear and logical argument, bearing the historical facts, a man called Theophilus. Let me just read very quickly from the beginning of this gospel. Chapter 1, verse 1. Luke writes, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. The story of Jesus is historically verifiable it's grounded in history as you read these words the beginning of the story it doesn't sound like um, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away it's not a fairy tale it begins with once upon a time this is a history recounting and that matters the fact that the Christmas story is history doesn't mean to say a double negative, doesn't mean it doesn't require from us faith. Because it's history, doesn't mean that it doesn't require from us faith, but it gives us good reason for faith. Amen? Christmas will always demand of us faith. The Bible says we cannot please God without faith. God is looking for faith from people. At the end of a year like this, I reckon we're all primed for faith. We're more than aware that we're not that powerful in and of ourselves. We need a power that's bigger than us. And I want to encourage you from this unchanging story, the birth of Jesus is worthy of that faith that you want to express. He's worthy. It's historically verifiable faith, which is and sounds like an oxymoron. But that's Christmas, that's Christianity historically verifiable faith. The story continues in Luke 2, verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
I'm sure, uh, looking around the room here and online, every woman here who has uh, given birth to a child feels like using three words to describe it. She gave birth is somewhat inadequate. (laughs) And I've only watched on. (laughs) I've only watched on. But she gave birth. Uh, Mary gave birth to Jesus. Now, Mary, we just talked about faith. She really knows whether this child was immaculately conceived. She really does know. When the angel said you're going to have a child, she needed faith and she did express faith. She believed. But once this baby starts growing, not so much faith required because she knows where this baby has come from. It's from the Spirit of God. But one thing I think she is intimately acquainted with is the love of God. You too, the band, used to sing a song, When Love Came to Town. Love has come to Bethlehem town, and Mary knows it. Love has come to town. The Bible says God is love. He is love. He doesn't just act in loving ways. God is love at the core of his being. God is not anger. He is not judgment, but he does express anger, and he does execute judgment. But the Bible says God is love, and the birth of this child is love incarnate. Love clothed in human flesh. God, who is love, become human. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to become one of us and fix our greatest problem, which is sin. You do know, don't you, that you are loved by God? You are loved and I am loved by God. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave Christmas 2020, some things haven't changed. God is love and he demonstrated his love by sending his son at Christmas, born of a virgin, to enter human history to fix us from inside the created order, not just from above. Creator become created. And it was all because of love. Hasn't this been a year of um, examples of self-giving love? When you think across this whole world, people on frontline medical uh, jobs, nurses and doctors and, and all the rest of the support crew, they, they didn't just love people with COVID-19 from behind the glass. They tried to wrap themselves up in protective clothing, but this is a tragedy of this year, isn't it? That so many, so many tens of thousands of medical staff contracted the very disease they were trying to heal people from and they did do so much good and then so many of them died. This is self-giving love. The Bible says, greater love has no person than this than to lay down their life for their friends. We need to express faith as human beings. We're wired for it. And we need to love and we need to be loved and that is Christmas. Love turning up. The unchanging story reminds us how much we need hope. Verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is 
the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, cloths and lying in a manger. The Jewish people have for well over a thousand years, well over that, have been looking forward to God fixing the world, fixing the problem of sin. He had promised to send one, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, the one who would represent the Son of Man, who would represent the Father and fix the problems that Israel had, not just Israel, the problems the world has from sin. Because Israel knew they not only had oppressive nations around them that bullied them, Israel had a problem in their heart. They, their hearts were stony. And God said, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to fix you from the inside out. And so the people have not completely understood how this would happen, but they've been looking forward. Can you imagine how hope-filled these shepherds would have been to hear this news and then set off in pursuit of Messiah? Reminds me of going to bed on Christmas Eve as a kid, doesn't it? Hope filled that in the morning I would run down that green shag pile carpet in the 70s in French's Forest and I would find a Christmas tree in the lounge room and there would be a pillow slip with my name on it. I went to bed hope filled. The show I was telling you about uh, alive, uh, Alone, they try to stay alive, but it's called Alone. It's interesting, they'll go days and days and days and um, they'll catch a fish and it'll just stir a bit of hope. Just, oh, I think I could stay alive. I could stay out here a little bit longer. We need hope. We need hope. When hope is lost, we are lost. An old friend of mine, he, he, he was literally old. He died when he was about 95 and, uh, and that was a while ago. He's an old friend. He was a prisoner of war with the Germans in Crete for between three and four years. Um, and interestingly, he was held in Starlag 13, for those of you who remember Hogan's Heroes. Uh, he said he lasted four years, basically, in this prisoner of war camp. He said when men came in and didn't have hope, they died. He said it was just so stark. Hope equaled life. We need hope. These unlikely shepherds are invited to play a part as supporting cast to the great unchanging story of Christmas. And it reminds us that there's room in God's continuing story for each of us. As we come to this well-known story, I, I, I hope we can find hope in God's faithfulness, like those shepherds did. We can trust him. The shepherds had to go and see, didn't they? They, they, they had to express some faith to actually show their hope. And they went and they found. What role does renewed hope have for you in 2021? There's a lot more people online, so look up there. Isn't that just wonderful to know that God knows every detail about your life? He knows every success, every failure. He knows how you've been wired because some of us wonder about the wiring and we think, wow, God, is this, is this the way it's meant to be? And yeah, we live in a broken world and sometimes that saps us of hope. But I've not find it, found anyone other than my Father in heaven who created us all and loves us who is more worthy of putting our hope in than God. And there is hope for you. 
We need faith, we need love, we need hope, and we need peace. Suddenly, verse 13, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Some things haven't changed. It's, It's this Christmas story that we know so well, and we're looking at the back part of the birth of Jesus. Um, Is anyone struck by the fact that this reads a bit like a musical theatre production? Seriously, when I was reading it this week, I I was like, it's like the the shepherds are there, and and there's a big, powerful angel, and he's telling them stuff. And then I, I, I do all respect. I think of it like the lion you know, and the Fred Astaire, and there's, suddenly there's these angels who go, and, the, and it says, suddenly there was a whole host of them, and they're singing out, glory to God in the highest heaven, and I do say that with much respect, because these angels doing this glorifying, and it, we look up the Greek word, and typically it's singing, praising God, they are the most powerful beings in the supernatural created order. So much respect to them, and they say glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. Maybe it's more of a shame that we can't sing than we know. Because all of heaven is singing. Revelation tells us, it's constantly saying, God, you're worthy of our praise, worthy as the Lamb. Glory to God for the peace which is coming. When you live in Australia at peace, it's easy to take that for granted, isn't it? But all we have to do is watch the news and people all over our world are like, I just want to live at peace. I just want to live at peace. We have a cross here on the stage and I don't know if the shot can get it, but I know you know what a cross looks like. And the cross represents what Jesus accomplishes on the cross. He died, he shed his blood and there's a vertical piece of wood and that reminds us we can be made at peace with our father in heaven sin separates us and breaks the relationship but by faith in what jesus accomplished shedding his blood we can be made right at peace with god vertically and when we're right with god we can be reconciled and at peace this way with other people and every christmas reminds us not everything's right with people this way but there can be peace that can be found And that's why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And the angels celebrate his birth because it's the beginning of peace on earth. And we need finally joy. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things up and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. If God, who is creator and who is love, really 
came to earth as a human being to fix the problem of sin and make a way for all of us to live forever by faith in him. If he made a way to bring peace on earth, really, then that's good news, isn't it? Like that's, that's really good news. That's news that would produce in us joy. And we need joy. I know a lot of us aren't feeling it this Christmas, but we need joy. And not just some ethereal, spiritual idea. Happiness, unbridled happiness deep within our souls, a joy that is not dependent on our circumstances, but on the God who we know by faith, who is love and provides hope and gives peace to our hearts. Have you had time in 2020 to ponder? Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Have you had time in 2020 to ponder how small we are? Anybody? How not in control we are of our lives. How few the things are that truly matter. How important relationships are. That's the key, isn't it? This year. Relationships matter. We're not designed to do it alone. How necessary God is in our lives. Have you pondered that? Some things haven't changed. Like the reality of what happened when love came to town. What happened when God became human. Christmas exists for Easter. Amen. Easter is the goal for Christmas. So the Bible is clear and let us be clear today. The Bible teaches us that Jesus did not stay in a manger as a baby. He grew up and became a sinless human adult. And he was a human the whole time, yet remained fully God. And perfect humanity as our representative died on a cross. He died in our place and the Bible is clear, he couldn't be held in the ground. He rose from the dead, victoriously defeating sin, death and the devil. And that fact requires from us, from us faith. Still, it hasn't changed. The Bible is clear, there is no greater example of love in human history than what God did through his son, Jesus, dying on a cross for the world. Because Jesus rose from the grave by faith in him, the Bible says that anyone who believes in him can be forgiven of every sin and receive the firm hope of eternal life. Hallelujah. We can live forever with a God who is sinless in a perfect creation, new creation, because we are at peace with him. Faith in the demonstrated love of God for us in Jesus, which stirs hope and produces peace, gives joy. And that is something that hasn't changed in 2020. Amen. We still need faith, love, hope, peace, joy. The hopes and dreams of all the years still rest on the one who was born that Christmas morn. Take a moment to listen to this beautiful song and then we're going to pray together. Oh little town of Bethlehem How 
Pray together. Lord Jesus, we do rejoice that you did come to earth and achieved everything we needed you to do. And you are the Lamb of God slain before the creation of the world, but you came and you fulfilled your calling. And this Christmas again, we remember and we rejoice. The hopes of every person here watching online and here in this room rest on what you've done for this life and the next. Lord Jesus, I pray that you might reach out to each one of us. Only you can seek and save. Only you can draw us to the Father because of what you've done. Would you save now those who need to be saved? Draw people to yourself. In your name.
Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are struggling right now. I pray in your name that you might lift them up as they come to at the end of a challenging year. Lord, for relationships that need to be restored, I pray for grace and mercy and empowering of words to be shared that need to be said with grace and love. Of forgiveness offered, may you give power for people to give it. Lord, for those who are thinking through what next year holds, Lord, would you fill people up with a faith and a hope and a peace and a love and a joy that can only come from you. And we ask all these things in your name, for your glory. Amen.